almost done recovering, he said. But uh, Becky is, you know, still recovering a little bit more. But Jonathan wanted to make sure that everyone knew he was doing okay. But because uh, he had to sleep on a really rough cot. They gave him a cot in there, and so it was a cot. It wasn't anything fancy. But it was better than what they did with Kaylee, I guess. So, but he just wanted to make sure everyone knew that he was recovering and doing all right. So, hey, how many of you guys um, read my newsletter? You don't have to read. If, if you didn't, it's okay. I mean, it Maybe it wasn't that great. It's okay. But anyways, if you did, Keith, just a little bit, good. <laughs> but if you did, um, there might be some grammatical errors in there. Sorry, Kathleen. Um, but um, that'd be Leslie's fault because she, she read it after I did. and she, So that's, that's all good. But if you did read it, you're here a little bit already of what the priest, the sermon is about. If you didn't read it, then it's going to be completely new and fresh. Um, but something the Lord's really been stirred in my heart because I knew that obviously um, Jonathan and Becky were going to have a baby. And so um, we knew that there was a new sermon series coming and Jonathan wanted me to prepare. And so this past week, not knowing that the baby was going to be here, Jonathan was preparing a standalone sermon and I was preparing for Philippians, which is our next sermon series. And as I started reading it, um, the Lord just sort of hit me. And um, I was also reading in Romans this past week. I have a, a friend of mine out in Colorado that um, we decided to read through the book of Romans together. And um, the Lord just challenged me. And so if you read my, or sort of read my um, newsletter, the newsletter, then you sort of get where it's coming from. But um, Paul wrote the book of Philippians probably about 49 to 51 B.C. on his second missionary trip. He wrote it in prison. Um, we can see that in Philippians 1, 19 through 24. He wrote to encourage and uplift the church of Philippi. But there was something at the beginning, or excuse me, before I get there, Paul wrote 13 different books of the Bible in the New Testament, excuse me, and almost every book starts out with this in the first several verses. Grace and peace be unto you, and I thank God every time I think of you. Grace and peace be upon you, and I thank God every time I think of you. And so let's read that. Um, let's read Philippians 1, 3 through 11 is where it's at. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And I want to emphasize, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now, be confident of this, that he that began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth and insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes to Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, the glory and the praise be to God. See, this book, as soon as I started reading it, it jumped out at me. And the Lord said this to me, 
When was the last time you thanked God for those around you? When was the last time you asked for grace and peace to be upon them? Could I be really honest with you? I don't remember the last time I just thanked God for the people around me. If I'm really honest. See, my tendency, naturally, to be honest, is seeing the glass half empty. When I look at a glass, most of the time, nine times out of ten, I'll look at that glass and say, no, the glass is half empty. That's my tendency. And let me tell you, this week has been a very stretching and tough week. And I think it's because of this verse here, because of what God is trying to do in my heart and in my life. Because I have a tendency to look, always look at things negative or see it that way because my mind is constantly going. It's constantly thinking of different things. It's like, how can I make this better? Oh, this is not good enough because of certain perfectionism inside of me. Oh, I've got I've to lift the bar. I've got to do it differently. Man, that really stunk. This is the worst ever. And that's where I naturally go. I could make one mistake in, in the newsletter and then just be like, throw it away. It's just, and naturally I go there. And so the Lord just said, when was the last time that you thanked God for those around you? I've prayed for those around me. I mean, I pray for, for you guys in this church all the time. But when was the last time I thanked God for you? And as I started doing that, and saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? The Lord said, challenge them. When was the last time that you thanked God for the person next to you? Or the people around you? Not prayed for them, but thanked God for them. Because so often we could go through our lives and we get busy man, we've got to do this and we've got to do that and, and this and that and whatever and, and things come our way. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I get sucked into things too easily and my mind goes, squirrel. You know? And then I forget totally what I was doing and whatever because my mind is constantly going. And so there's times that I just, I just forget to really just sit down and say, God, you know what? I don't just pray for Linda, but I, I thank you for a, a wonderful wife that I have. I thank you for a, a wife that's dedicated her life to her children and to me. Lord, I thank you for loving her and loving me to the thick and the thin. Man, I, but I, I pray for her. Lord, give her strength to endure me because you know she needs strength for that. Lord, give her wisdom to know what to say to me because she needs that too. But when do we sit down and just thank God for those around us? I don't, to be honest, I don't remember if I'm really honest. Now you're like, okay, kick him out. 
he doesn't thank God for me. But no, but, but man, I do, I do, I pray for each one of you. But how often do I thank God for you? Man, so often we get in a funk, something comes our way, and what happens? Oh, God hates me. Oh, it didn't go my way. Oh, man, that stinks. So-and-so cut me off in the road. Bleep, 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 bleep. Because we get mad at that person instead of, instead of thinking God created them or God's doing that. What, what, where does our mind go? But we get in that rut. At least I do. I should say I get in that rut instead of we because we're all different. But if you can relate to me, I get in that rut. And I do. I'm like, God, what are you trying to say to me? What are you doing in this moment? Because obviously you're trying to grab my heart. Obviously you're trying to say something to me. Do you just not love me right now? The Lord said, no, I love you. Then why is this happening to me? So we get in this place, and then we forget about those people around us. I forget about those people around us. To thank God for those people. Because we allow the circumstances to affect our lives. Instead of allowing our decisions and our choices to affect our lives. You know, sometimes it's as simple as we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. How many besides me sometimes wake up on the wrong side of the bed? If we're really honest, how many? Thanks, Hannah. (laughs) Hannah raised her hand right away. Um, But how many times do we do that? And then we're like, the rest of the day is ruined. Why? Why are we allowing our circumstances to affect the outcome of our day? When we can take a moment and thank God for those people around us. Man, there's a guy that I knew. His name's Richard in uh, New York City. I used to go with Masters. We used to go to New York every year um, for about 10, 15 days and drive around. And um, this guy, Richard, um, I, I Facebook messaged him today and said, hey, I'm, I'm sharing a story about you. And um, I didn't tell him what because I wanted him to think about what I was going to share about him. But, um, man, this guy left an impression upon my heart because I don't know if any of you have been to New York City, but let's just say the, it's crazy. I know I was talking to, to Anna this past week, and she went there for something with Betran, right? And um, she's like, I never want to go back there again. It's too crazy. I don't like it. I like my, my Petran. And uh, that's great. And I, but the thing is, uh, I, there's, I love to people watch too. And so small, small, eh, probably like small doses of big cities are okay for me. And I mean small. Like that's probably too big still. But the thing is, is like this guy, Richard, he'd be driving and somebody would cut him off. He'd go, like, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. And then he's driving, he goes to park, and there was this one time where we were literally, like, 
pulling back. We parked, stopped the car to pull back to parallel park. And let me tell you, parallel parking in New York City is way different than the way that I learned how to parallel park. Like when I went through school, they were like, see that car there and see that car there? Okay, now park in between. And I was like, oh, that's a piece of cake, you know, just drive right in. Well, New York City, I mean, like literally you have like an inch in the front, an inch in the back in order to park or less. Well, this guy, he, so he parked and he was pulling back and this little car comes right in. And he's like, bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I just pray God will just bless your socks off today. And he goes and he looks for another parking spot. And he had a choice, and maybe that was his comical way to release his frustration. But I truly believe that that was his way. Instead of getting frustrated, instead of getting angered, he just said, bless you. God, will you just bless them today? Because obviously they needed that parking spot more than me. And that just left an impression upon my heart because it said, man, I just need to pray for those people. And so I was reminded about that this past week. How many of us in this room can say, okay, I'm not going to ask that question, but I'm going to say it this way. There's probably not many people in this room that have been to prison. I'm not going to have a show of hands, but whoop, to embarrass anybody. But, but there's probably not many. But Paul was in prison. And he was still thanking God for those people around him. Let me tell you, the prison back then is not the prison we think of today. Didn't have like cable TV and a nice bed or whatever and workout benches and stuff like that. I know some, all prisons are different, but, but Paul was in the darkest places. I imagine there was mildew and mold and junk on the floor and feces and rats and you name it. And Paul was in the midst of this junk. But he was thanking God for the people of Philippi. So what are our circumstances? What's causing us not to be thankful and grateful for those around us. And the question I'm asking you is a question that I've been wrestling all week long with. And so I'm, I know that I'm pointing a finger or asking a question to you, but there's three pointing back at me plus all your fingers. So there's a lot of fingers pointing at me. But let me tell you this, as I've done some research this week, there are seven things, and I make them quick, I'm not going to go through them like really slow, but there are seven things that make you better by being grateful. The first one, some of you may say, yay, I want that, and some of you may say, heck no, I don't want that. But anyways, gratefulness opens doors to more relationships. So now you get why I said some of you may want it and some of you don't, because some of you are very introverted and would rather be just by yourself and nothing else. And then some of you are very extroverted, like, yes, I love being around people. I thrive around people. I just want people, people, people. And I'm somewhere in between. But it says here that there was a study done in 2014 
that not does only thank you constitute for good manners, but by showing appreciation can help you win over friends. Here's another one. Gratefulness improves physical health. I need to be more thankful. I'm looking at my belly just in case any of you are wondering. Not my notes. But now I'm at my notes, not my belly. But gratefulness, grateful people experience fewer aches and pains. They report feeling healthier than other people, according to a study in 2012 published by Personality and Individual Differences. So being grateful helps you to feel less aches and pains. Not surprising, gratefulness, grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often and more likely to attend regular checkups, the doctors. How about another one? Gratefulness improves psychological health. Gratefulness reduces a multitude of toxic emotions ranging from envy to resentment to frustration and regret. Man, as I was reading this, I'm like, man, there's, if I can be honest, I, there's things that I'm, I struggle with some of these things. Like, I'm just like, God, what are you, man, you're really trying to go deep with me this week. You're really trying to pull things out of me this week. That was found from Robert um, Edmonds. He was a lead, leading gratitude researcher. But then there's great, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. So any of you guys that are really aggressive, maybe you need to be thankful, Chris. It's only because you were walking out. Maybe I hit a chord there. I don't know. I'm oh, just kidding. All right. But then grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others are behaving less kind. How about this one? I think I can use this one too. Grateful people sleep better. Writing a gratitude journal improves sleep, according to a study in 2011. If you spend 15 minutes a day right before sleep writing down your thank you stuff, God, what am I thankful for? It improves your sleep at night. Because I believe too often we go to bed frustrated or angry or upset or all that other stuff. So we're having all that stuff inside of our mind, not allowing us to sleep. But study has shown that if we could just write, God, I am thankful for, it helps us sleep better. Gratitude improves self-esteem. A study in 2014 shows this, that they found that gratitude in, in, increased athlete self-esteem, which is essential component to optimal performance. So if I'm thankful, it improves my self-esteem. If I'm thankful... It increases my mental strength. For years, research has shown not only does it reduce stress, but it also plays a major role in overcoming trauma. 
in 2006, there was a study done. They found that Vietnam War veterans were higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder than those who weren't gratitude, who weren't thankful. Man, as I read those things this week and as I read the scripture, I'm just like, God, man, I just I want to be thankful. Have me and teach me to have a heart of thanksgiving. Teach me how to be grateful for the people around me. Not just pray for them, but be thankful for them. All right, so we're going to take a moment, get a little out of your comfort zone here. So if you're sitting by yourself, you're going to have to find somebody to sit next to, all right? So find somebody you can sit next to. We're going to to try this, all right? Don't all move too quickly now. If you don't want to participate, that's okay. I'm just not, I'm not going to force you to. But, um, but what I want you to do is I want you to think of one person in your life. Just one person. It could be the person sitting next to you. I don't care who it is. Find one person that you're grateful for. I want you to tell that person next to you who you're grateful for and why. Then I want you to pray a prayer of blessing over their life. Whoever that may be, it could be the person that next to you, it could, be, it could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be whoever. But then I want you to pray a prayer of blessing over that person's life. And we're going to take a few moments to do that. So go ahead and press play on the song.
you know, so, so often, you know, we just forget to take that time, just a few moments, just to, to bless somebody, to pray a prayer of blessing and thankfulness over their lives. And, and man, how many of you, even in that moment, felt a little bit better? Did anybody feel better or felt like it was, it was good? Oh, yes, great. <laughs> but there's those times that it draws us closer to each other. It allows us, I believe, to even go deeper in the presence of God. Because as I read in the first part of this, Philippians 1, verse 4, in all my prayers for all of you, I pray with joy. It's not doggone it, Lord, we just thank you so much for Keith. You know, but man, it's like, man, I thank you for Keith and what he's done in, in this church and what he's doing in America and what he's doing across this region. You know, or man, I thanks for Verna and her, her just prayer warrior's heart. Lord, thank you so much for her being part of our church. You know, and we can go down the list. But the thing is, is it's, it's doing it with thankfulness and joy inside of our hearts. And getting that excitement about what God is going to do in their lives. And praying that blessing upon them so they could reach, reach the harvest. They can see things happen in their lives. Because we rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. But man, if, if we can rejoice because we see somebody got a new car or, or somebody won a million bucks or whatever it may be, we get excited for that. But so often, how many of us, man, man it would have been nice if I won that or it would have been nice if I got that. Because I know that's where I go sometimes. I don't go there all the time, but I'm just being real. And I'm opening up my trench coat this morning, so... Please don't throw too many darts. But, man, if I can live that life of gratitude and thankfulness in every circumstance, if I can choose to live that life on a day in, day out, moment by moment, man, how much greater will things be? i got to find my verse. Okay, let's go to Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence... I know that you will stand firm in the one spirit, striving together in the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them. They will be destroyed, but they will not, or but that you will be saved, and that by God, for it, is, it, ha, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to to suffer, or also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had, now hear that I still have. 
Man, what, what struck me in this verse is verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, that I conduct myself, bow. So that way if Cheryl hears about me, that she knows that I'm conducting myself in honoring God. But I hear about Misty and her, her heart and her love for people. I, I hear that. She's conducting herself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. But let me go to the next place that God brought me to that was even a deeper, wonderful plunge to my heart, sort of saying. So in Matthew 5, verse 34 through 48, it says this, You have heard that, that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be a child of your Father in heaven. He causes his son, his son to rise on the evil and the good and send his reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Or not, even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet only your, peop your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Verse 44 says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How many times do we do that? When we think of an enemy, it, it could be anybody, but somebody that cuts you off, maybe Donald Trump's your enemy. Maybe Obama was your enemy. I don't know. How often did you pray for them? But let's leave Romans 12, verse 14 really quick here. It said, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And I was like, ugh. Because I told you earlier, I tend to go to the negative instead of the positive. But the thing is, is man, when we live in that place of blessing, when we bless those who persecute us, somebody cut you off, somebody treated you wrong. Maybe there's people even in this church that you thought they should have done something different than what they did or whatever. And you're like, those people, they just don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Instead of taking a moment and praying a prayer of blessing over their life. See, God's really been stretching me in this area. That's the easiest way to say it. He's been challenging me, Bo, in every circumstance. In every circumstance. Be in a place of gratitude. So here we go again. Find somebody again. So if you went back, go find somebody again. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to do something the same, same thing. But what, what I'm going to have you do is there's somebody maybe that you're frustrated with at this moment. You can say their first name. You don't have to say their first and last name. You can even give their initials. Or you can even say, there's somebody I'm frustrated with right now. But what I want you to do then is share that person you're frustrated and then I want you to pray a prayer of blessing over their life. Pray a prayer of blessing that God will bless them beyond their wildest dreams. That God will pour out a spirit upon them. That God will just, not, not God, will you change them? Not God, oh, just smack them upside the head so they can treat me better? No. Pray a prayer of Pray a prayer of blessing over their life. All right? So go ahead and play the song again. How many of you would say that's a lot harder to do? I know for me it is. But when we live, and Kelly and the team get, get ready, when we live 
according to the gospel and what God is trying to do. We live with a grateful heart and a thankful heart. There's something that happens in our hearts is that our heart gets opened up. Even with those who persecute you, even our enemies. When we start living that way, freedom starts to happen. We release those things that we've held on to. And I'm telling you, every, every one of us is guilty of that, holding on to things. But when we bless those who have hurt us, freedom starts to come in our life. More freedom. And then we start doing and acting the way that God called us to do. And we all have wounds. We all have been hurt by people. And my heart is to see all of us live the way that God intended us to live. Free of hurt and pain. Free of anxiety and all these other things. I know that there are certain things in this, this message that I preach that God has challenged me so much that I'm going to start doing because, man, I want more freedom. I want the fullness of what God has for me. I don't want to stop here. I don't want to stop at this moment. Man, I want to live the fullness of my calling. I was thinking about that this past week. And I'm like, man, I'm 40 years, I'm not 40, I'm 38, not quite 40. I've got two more years. But I'm approaching the hill, quote unquote. But the thing is, is this, is that not one person in this room is too young to do what God called them to do. may change a little bit. It may look a little different. But God has put things inside of each one of you to spread his good news, his word, because he loves you. And he loves me. And he's called us to live according to the gospel. And so I'm challenging myself but challenging you at the same time every day before you go to sleep or when you wake up five people that you are thankful for and if there's five people that are your enemies maybe there's more maybe there's less I don't know but I pray that you challenge you to thank God for those people and pray, pray, pray a prayer a blessing over their life and I guarantee your life will be changed I guarantee it we're going to go 
pull back into a time of worship here. Man, I'm, I'm willing to pray with you. I just challenge you, get, get before the Lord. And, and maybe there are a few people that you just need to thank God for. Thank you, Jesus, for this person, this person, this whoever it may be. But maybe there's some other people that maybe you only shared one person, but maybe there's several that you need to thank God and say, Lord, I just pray a prayer, blessing over their lives. And maybe you need to come up to the altar. Maybe you need to make an altar at your chair. Whatever it looks like to you, because that's between you and God, not you and me or you and anybody else. But pray a prayer blessing over each one of them. And watch things shift in your life because you're living a life of gratitude.